A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now hanging out with the guys at Obstructive View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of fans who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. Good day, this skin. With me today is Jeff, also known as Priscilius. I am Rescue on the socials. How are we? How's everybody doing today? It's just two of us. Doing great. Is it warming up down in New Mexico? Yeah, it's pretty warm, and it's finally. Well, I should say finally. For the first time in a while, it's not weirdly rainy. You guys get tons of snow down there for whatever reason, huh? Because you're in the at altitude. Yeah. Well, you, you usually this time of year, um, like. We usually have a stretch of like, you know, two months without any rain. I mean, like half the state was on fire last oh. last May. So it's been well, good that we've had so much rain. It's been good that we've had so much rain, but uh, now yeah. it feels more, feels, feels a little more normal. Is that, I don't know if Canada is still on fire or not, but uh, that was pretty rough for the East Coast and, of course, Canada, because they're the ones who are actually on fire. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, I, I think. There's some stuff around the league, particularly uh, regarding the Oakland Athletics that we can talk about. I did go to the Sunday series finale in San Francisco, and that was a lot of fun, except for the part where the Cubs lost. So we'll talk about that. Basically, nothing much has changed about the Cubs, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And it's definitely not a good thing either. Pretty much hoping that they start beating up on Pittsburgh and everybody else or else it's might be time to just pack it in and hope for the best. So how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. I'm excited about this plan. I don't remember the exact awesome. quote. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a Ghostbusters thing. It's very classic. But uh, excited. We'll, we'll I'm excited to be a right part out. of it. That's that's part of it too. Let's do it. <laughs> I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. As the spring gave away to summer. Past the ivy-colored dreams Toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow Down in Nevada, apparently they have at least the Senate part of uh, the Nevada legislature has ratified the plan to give the Oakland Athletics $380 million to develop something in Las Vegas. At this time, I believe there is a reverse boycott in Oakland where basically all the diehard uh, A's fans are going to pack the stadium as much as they can and probably unsuccessfully, but it'll be symbolic and it'll be kind of awesome. They'll tell the owner, John Fisher, to sell the club, which he probably won't because the general idea I get is that he's moving from Essentially, the Bay Area, which is a really big uh, media market, been dominated by the Giants for a very long time. I don't know how they are able to do that with the A's right there, but 
somewhere along the line that A's completely screwed something up. And so they haven't been able to get the revenue that they want, or at least they claim to. They haven't been able to move to San Jose or Fremont or anywhere else. They can't even develop the Oakland Coliseum site. They can't move to the Howard Terminal, which was the last proposal with Oakland. And now they're pretty much on the way to Las Vegas. And I'm just like hoping that the House and the governor are like, no, we're not giving you $380 million. We're going to knock $200 million off of that or nothing at all. Because if you know anything about the Bay Area, the ballpark that I went to, which we'll talk about later, Oracle Park was privately financed by the San Francisco Giants. And, you know, even in Chicago, like the Cubs tried to do all kinds of things or like we're going to move to Rosemont or Schaumburg or Cicero whatever, or we'll move to Tampa Bay. What well, that, that might have been the White Sox from way back then. I, it, it all blends together. But basically, the city and the ward was like, no, we're not giving you any money. And they ended up, you know, financing everything themselves. So obviously, they have the money to do it themselves. They're just trying to milk governments for stadium money, which never ends well for the municipalities. So yeah, that's that's where we're at. The A's are probably moving to Las Vegas, and there's not much anyone can really do about it at this time. Yeah, the cities are getting getting a lot wiser to this, thankfully. Though it will be funny to see, like, like do they officially have to leave Oakland next year, if one way or another? Or what, what's the story with Oakland? Because it'd be it'd be real funny if they end up having to play at like Cashman Field, which, what I remember, is not even that great for a minor league ballpark, <laughs> let alone having a big league team there. Playing games outdoors in uh <laughs> in, in Las Vegas. Vegas, yeah, with no roof. I, I think like you know even the Raiders have a roof. So you know obviously the Golden Knights who play tonight as of this recording. Hopefully they end the hockey season tonight. It'd yeah, be pretty impressive I, if the uh, the Golden Knights could play hockey without a roof in Vegas. Yeah, it, it, it'd be uh, a <laughs> they have to have pontoons on their feet. With all the melted ice. But anyway, yeah, I've been reading some things as the beat reporters and the core reporters have been reporting on it. They say that one proposal is that they play Reno for a little bit until Las Vegas gets built up. And I don't think their lease with Oakland technically ends for a little bit. So they they have time. They can stay in Oakland, but it'll be like just super awkward. It would be a fun irony if they ended up playing in the uh, Raiders stadium for a year. I'm not sure it's not built for baseball, though. Uh, it might it might end up with a park with some pretty interesting dimensions if they did. I wonder if they have the ability to take out some of the seats for that, because, you know, like the Raiders and the A's used to play in that same Coliseum. And when their seasons overlapped, you, you'd see like the where the mound is and the outline of the infield diamond and the circle of dirt and stuff. And then the lines would be just over it, you know, so it has happened before, but I don't know how they would rig it in their new stadium that Actually, the town looks like a trash can, but I I heard it's pretty nice inside. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the same. I I, I mean that there that Oakland Stadium was originally built to be a multi-purpose stadium. I mean that's why the uh, foul areas are so huge in baseball because they needed extra space. But they're doing this football only. I imagine it's just a, a rectangle where they built it, so they'd probably have to do something like Boston-esque, where like left field was super short but has a high wall or something crazy like that. <laughs> Go back yeah, to the, the, to... the the good old days of silly ballpark dimensions like the old Polo Grounds. 
Yeah, the owner would have to buy a lot of plywood for their whatever color monster they want to use. That's just the big thing is I really hope that Vegas knows that they have some leverage. They can stretch this out. They can make Oakland sweat because if they wait long enough, Oakland can lose revenue sharing. And that's the problem, right? They're moving from a huge market in the Bay Area to a not so big market in Las Vegas, even though Las Vegas has a big population and lots of tourism. But, you know, they're not really setting up a very concrete plan to fill the ballpark. I mean, if they just embraced it, I think it might even work better. Like, you know, if they just made all sorts of major league jokes and did things along those lines. I mean, that that's a it's an opportunity, golden opportunity that their marketing people are missing. Of course, I assume that they've probably fired the entire marketing department to uh, save money. So maybe that's why. All the tweets are now chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I could chat GPT a podcast like nobody would really know the difference, huh? No, I, I would know it. When, when we try to do it from our marketing stuff, it, we always have to do quite a bit to fix it. So it's still not perfect. It's still like evident that something weird happened. It's not a AI, right? It's just a chatbot that is smarter than your general chatbot, right? Yeah, but I mean, I guess it depends on how you define AI. <laughs> but that, that could be a whole separate podcast. So I did go to across the bay to see the the Giants. Like uh, it's just mentioning to you guys, we pro- probably should have gone to like the Friday game or the Saturday game because the Cubs actually won those games. Like I'm now 0 for three watching the Cubs at Oracle Park. I am one and 0 at the Oakland Coliseum though watching the Cubs. So that that makes me feel good. I'm not 0 for California, but it's a very much nicer park. We were in the nosebleed, so so we were way far away from the action. And I think because they're trying to build a ballpark where you don't have those obstructive views, wink, wink. So everything's just kind of spread back so that they can do the support structures, not in the seating area. But, uh, you know, the difference between Oracle Park and Wrigley is that they give you free reign across the ballpark. You can walk anywhere uh, as long as you don't squat in the seat. So that was a lot more fun. There's a lot more room for the kids to run around in. And they actually allow dogs. And that, that was like a dog day at the park. Met a lot of very fun did you bring, creatures. Did you bring a dog? I do, do have not a dog? have I don't a remember. dog. Oh, I thought you no, he, he he passed away a few years ago, so we haven't oh, gotten sorry, a dog. Yeah. We we have a cat, but she doesn't want, want to go on a leash. So yeah, that yeah, I don't I don't think our cat would enjoy baseball games. But I've I've always wanted to go to a park at the park night, and I've never had the opportunity. I wonder how it uh how it was. It sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, lots just lots of dogs everywhere. Like I I think the most common breeds I saw was the corgi uh, of various colors. And also, I, I think there are a lot of bulldogs. And I think the guy who won the doggy contest was actually a bulldog dressed as an X-Wing. <laughs> nice. Know. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw that they uh, allowed dogs on the field before the game, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, they definitely did allow the dogs on the field for a little bit. As far as I could tell, no dogs had any accidents because I didn't <laughs> like step in any poop or anything. But I think most of the... Most of the time, the doggies just really behaved themselves and came up to me and said hi, even though I was the Cubs fan and they were Giants dogs, you know. Yeah. Well, the, dog, the dog, dogs are somewhat colorblind, so maybe uh, maybe they couldn't tell. Yeah, 
Yeah, the blue was actually orange. <laughs> I can't remember which color they can't see. I think it's blue. I can't remember if it's blue or red, one of the two. Okay, so they're not completely colorblind. They 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 don't see yeah, they, in full grayscale. Yeah, they just have two cones instead of three. But they were friendly. They they are just there having a good time eating like dropped hot dogs and stuff. I was about to say like when when I lived uh, like with our first dog, we we lived in a house that was like a block from Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, and every uh, every football Saturday was just. The greatest day for her because she would just get so much drop food all over the place when we take her for walks, especially popcorn. Yeah, it, Popcorn's her favorite. Pop- popcorn was bad for dogs. It's not great, but it's not bad either. Oh, okay. Yeah, if they ate like an entire bucket of it, it would probably be bad for them. But yeah, or or a big stash of chocolate or something that would be <laughs> very bad. That 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 happened at that house also. Yeah. <laughs> But it was our chocolate, so, not other people's chocolate that she got into. I would say that 95% of my day was very, very good at the ballpark. The traffic wasn't bad going there. Traffic wasn't bad coming back. It was a beautiful day. The sun was out, and then it was overcast but not terribly cold, so didn't really need a jacket. Lots of good fandom uh, around. The 5%, I guess, is just everything we've talked about over the past month or so. The Cubs are just not good, either by design or because they're in a rut of super bad luck. I think literally all three runs that they scored on Sunday and possibly uh, on the previous two nights when they won, they were all scored on like fumbles or or boots or or filters choices or whatever. It, It was like... They just couldn't buy a clutch hit. Thankfully, you know, uh, Cody Bellinger is rehabbing right now as we speak. Uh, Say Suzuki is supposed to be back in the lineup, and they haven't scratched him or anything, so I'm pretty sure that's the case. Like, he had this weird thing where he, he just wasn't in the lineup for a couple of days, and nobody really knew why. They were just like, hey, we have this thing that's happening. It's not serious, but we're not going to tell you about it. And I, I don't know what's up with that but uh at least he's back in the lineup and hopefully will be healthy but uh, you can tell that they were really missing those big bats and once you lose those big bats it goes from like three people not hitting to five to six people not hitting and that's what we basically saw uh all day on sunday yeah i missed most of that game and i'm not uh not too broken up about it <laughs> Yeah, generally, I just don't watch the highlights of games where they lose because I figure, why am I going to upset myself even more? But, uh, yeah, I saw everything firsthand. I unfortunately left the ballpark uh, top of the ninth inning when Brandon Crawford was pitching. That's what I was just about to ask. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see it, but I'm sure the Giants account and MLB.com have like highlights of his pitching performance. Like he didn't give up a run. I am pretty sure he had a couple of base runners, but you know, when the Cubs have base runners, they're not going to do anything with them anyway, uh, which is kind of mean for me to say, but it's been basically the modus operandi of this club for a very long time. Now I listen to the radio because they, you know, just like in Wrigley, it's mostly in the bathrooms at Wrigley, but, even in the uh, corridors of Oracle Park, they'll pump in the radio station. And I think it was John Miller. He, he yeah, said John that Miller. Brandon, yeah, Brandon I'll, I'll, I'll often listen to John Miller if yeah. I just want to put a game on. He's probably, yeah. it's probably my favorite radio booth outside of Pet Hughes. Yeah, he's very good. And I think he said that Crawford was pumping mid, 
mid eighties, which is pretty darn good, you know. Well, he is a shortstop, so he has the arm, but mid eighties, uh, while pitching for the first time in his career, pretty darn good. <laughs> we we couldn't really see anything because we were on the way to the parking lot to try to beat the traffic. But by the time we exited the ballpark, they had already lost, so <laughs> it, it was not a very lengthy inning, even with a position player pitching, and that kind of tells you a lot, even if it doesn't really mean anything in the long run. You you reminded me, I think at some point, John Miller and Pat Hughes actually switched radio booths at Oracle. So uh, while I was waiting for a soda, I actually got to hear Pat Hughes calling the game on Giants radio. And that was kind of cool. So it, oh, it, nice. it's been a while. It had been a while since I had heard uh, Pat Hughes on the radio, because normally, even on Sirius XM, they, they will do it with the home club but when it's home i'm either kind of busy or i don't have the the game tuned in and when it's away it's the away broadcasters or actually the home broadcasters for the team that the cubs are playing so i it's it's been a while since i heard that Hughes, but you know on the tv he's been there a couple of times and uh, of course, he's going to give a speech at the Hall of Fame induction this year, which is awesome. That was another nice part is just listening to Pat Hughes' voice, even if he was calling a pretty terrible game because everybody was basically throwing batting practice. You know, you, you can get um, you get audio also with MLB.TV, FYI. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I actually, well, at least this year it's been about half and half TV and audio. I usually prefer the radio broadcast, depending on what I'm doing. For reference, if you happen to have access to an MLB.TV account. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, when we were in graduate school, like the guy who ran the core facility that we used a lot uh, would pump in game day audio while he was working. So that was really fun. Honestly, like I was seeing firsthand all the things that were wrong with this team, like just way too many strikeouts in key moments, too many ground balls, not enough situational hitting. And then the pitching couldn't pitch. Like, they just kept giving up long balls. I, I think Jock Peterson's went into the cove. So Indicator went from 100 to 101. So that's 101 total Giants splash hits. I did see quite a few of Barry Bonds' splash hits on TV. I didn't see it. The only time I actually went to Oracle Park while Bonds was playing, he like walked four times, which was kind of annoying. It's very yeah. fitting though, too. Yeah, that's that's Barry Bonds for you, right? Just based on the transactions, we we saw Brandon Hughes hit the aisle again, which makes me think, why are you even letting him pitch if you know his knee is barking and he's just giving up everything? Because he, he hasn't been able to get anyone out, not even lefties. And then you have Jeremiah Estrada, who... I think he's lost like a mile or two off his fastball and he hasn't thrown anything but that fastball for ever. So they could just sit on fastball and he gave up another home run. So that was extremely annoying. Assad also gave up a home run. It's like you can be mad at David Ross all you want, but the guys that he has to use aren't usable. And now a bunch of them are either on the IL or back in Iowa, and they'll try something else. But, uh, yeah, at this point, I think with the division being as poor as it is, but with time running out, they really have to do something against Pittsburgh this week. And I think you, you actually brought up a good point either in the forum or last week that the balanced schedule is 
preventing them from beating up on fellow bad teams. Yeah, I, I don't like it. Like, like when it was announced, I was like, oh, cool. You know, sounds fine. But as the season's going on, even if the NL Central weren't kind of mediocre this year, I, I, I still find it very annoying that we're seeing Pittsburgh for the first time in mid-June. You know, it's, it's just, it just feels really weird. I mean, I mean, selfishly, you know, I, I like that we've had an extra, we'll have an extra West Coast road trip or two compared to other years. Because it's a little nicer for me time-wise, but like, we really need more games against like the Brewers and Cardinals and Pirates. <laughs> Maybe less against the Reds after how the last Red Series went. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of all of this uh, traveling, <laughs> even though I'm not the one traveling. Yeah, I don't think they have another West Coast trip uh, this year. Actually, the furthest west at this point might just be St. Louis because all all their West Coast traveling is done. Well, it'll be depending on West Coast. They, they still they're going to go to Arizona and Colorado and September. No, you know, you're right. They're they're which is always inconvenient for which, which yeah. is very inconvenient timing for me. But uh, it's in September, so that's their last West Western-ish Western ish. Yeah. Western, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, they're not going to so. be, be any good, and neither are the no the Rockies. Well, I mean, the Rockies aren't any good now, but they'll be even worse. Yeah, Arizona is pretty darn good for whatever reason. Who who knows what got in their drink? But I believe they are the current uh, NL West leaders, and they have a really exciting rookie, uh, Corbin Carroll. He's like both powerful and fast. <laughs> Uh, that's a very good combination. I think we need more athletes like that. So whenever I see like highlights of Pete Crow Armstrong like doing so well in Double A, uh, at some point I think within the next month or so they'll probably just let him go up to Iowa and and figure that out. Zach Allen's really killing it for the D-backs too. And I guess the good news is like they're only like an hour ahead instead of two hours if they go west. Now, because now, like, they're in mountain time for Colorado and Arizona rather than Pacific time. Although, I guess Arizona right now is on Pacific time, so they're, they're like, an hour ahead. And right? I don't know how time zones work in Arizona. Yeah, I think they're Pacific now. They don't do Dang daylight it. saving. They don't do, they don't do yeah. daylight saving, yeah. So they're going to, like, be, be kind of wonky on the sleep schedule on that trip, too. Oh, well. We can talk about the division, but with only like 13 games against each opponent. And I think uh, this actually this coming weekend, not not this weekend, but the coming weekend, they are going to London. So this homestand, it's Pirates and Orioles and the Orioles are super good. But the only problem with the Orioles is that the Yankees are nipping on their tail and the Rays are already super good. So I don't I don't know what that means. For their prospects, but I think like three of the wild cards are coming out of the East. Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet for the uh, for the AL. Oh, only and two. I, I, like the other the other wild card is Houston right now. <laughs> no, I, I don't think Texas is any good. I think they're going to they're they're tank. Yeah. yeah, they might get the wild card, uh, and Houston takes over. But I don't Holy think the cow. Angels and this Texas has an absurd. They, Texas has a better run differential than the Rays. How did that happen? <laughs> well, they've been hitting a lot of home runs. I think their their little uh, charcoal grill of a stadium is kind of friendly to, to home runs, right? Like we saw yeah. it in the pandemic season when all the World Series and LCS games were at at Texas, right? So yeah, I guess I guess they so. They just I mean, had a lot uh, of home runs. 
I mean, when the, when the Cubs played them earlier this year, I thought like they were. Uh, I mean, I didn't think they were a bad team. I thought they were fine, but I didn't think they were, they were this good. Speaking of Arizona, they do have the best record in the NL. The second best is Atlanta, which we kind of expect that they're like the current model of what we want a good NL team to be because they scout well. They have all their good players extended and they're actually spending. So why can't the Cubs be like Atlanta? Yeah, right now the Cubs are in fourth place. Uh, They're just barely above the Cardinals. They got three games behind the Reds. And the Pirates are miraculously still leading the division, barring tonight's contest or, you know, the results of the series. And the hope is that they'll at least make some inroads and Milwaukee will lose against Twins. Like, I I guess in the previous years when you had 19 games against a team, you didn't really care so much like what the other teams did on a day-to-day basis. But now with fewer head-to-head matchups, it's kind of like, when we're not playing you, you need to lose. <laughs> so I'm just hoping that everybody else loses. Speaks to how random baseball is because the A's used to be like super bad and now they've caught up to the Royals. So at some point, the Royals might be become the worst team in the league. It's just, it certainly helped that the uh, the A's ended up sweeping the Brewers last weekend. Yeah. Speaking of improbable things. I think that helped because make up like a game, but they're, they're going to have to do something on their own. So I'm just hoping that Cody Bellinger figures it out. Like, I hope they don't stick him at first base. He's probably still a better center fielder than Mike Talkman is, even though Talkman made a couple of really nice plays that I saw on the weekend. Talkman's a great fourth outfielder. <laughs> but yeah, they, they can't stick Bellinger at first base thing I'm hoping against is no sell-off, just like last last week. Extends to Roman, figure out what Bellinger has, maybe extend him, keep building for the future, because if this is a true transition year, then next year is going to be better, and you got to keep as many of the good guys as you can. I don't really know about Hal Hendricks now, but if he's willing to stick around, uh, I don't think that would be a problem because he's gone back to like vintage Kyle now. I mean, the, the Cubs have built a core, right? I mean, they got Swanson, they got Horner locked up for half, and these guys locked up for a couple of years. So doing a sell-off would make no sense. I mean, it would make, I mean, maybe they don't have a plan. I don't know. It's a very, like, long-form plan if they did have a plan, right? Because I I guess they built with this year in mind as more of a build year, right? Yeah. If they trade anyone, they should trade Bellinger just because they don't have him under contract for next year. But anyone else, I mean, Stroman certainly really seems to want to stick around, which was nice to see, even if the media-related mechanics of it has been kind of weird. And I was reading that. You know, certain teams need catchers, and for whatever reason, they mentioned Tucker Barnhart, which isn't exactly an upgrade, but maybe he he can help your pitching staff, which I kind of wish he had done so for the Cubs pitching staff, which, you know, (laughs) you're on this team currently, maybe use your magic on them, but it hasn't happened. I mean, Gomes has an expiring contract. So, I mean, I'd be okay if they traded him and gave uh, Amaya much more playing time. Yeah, it would make sense to just, like, keep Amaya behind the dish as the primary and then, like, Barnhart can start, like, once or twice a week. Do they even have, like, a plan D catcher right now? They they trade a Torrens. They have, like, some other random guys in AAA that I 
don't know of right now. So yeah, there's yeah. there's no one else listed on the depth chart on Fangrass at least. The the I Cubs have to have a catcher, right? They they can't just go without one. I mean, they have someone. <laughs> we just don't know who it is. I mean, it's presumably someone who could stand behind the plate, but I mean, if it's someone you're starting, you're probably in trouble. Apparently, Nick Madrigal is supposed to be the emergency catcher. Nice. So I guess they could also option them down. Like at, at this point, I think, you know, with wisdom just whiffing at everything and not even being able to hit lefties, you just let Madrigal s- sit there and see what he's got. Uh, Morel needs playing time, even if he's striking out every, like, other at bat. Mervis needs playing time, even if same. Just let it ride, because what are the other options, right? Yeah, the the other guys at Iowa are Dom Nunez, Jake Washer, and Bryce Windham, all of which I've never heard of. I forgot about Dom Nunez, because he, he was uh, one of the non-roster invitees to, to spring. So that was a kind of a big deal. So I guess that would be like the the taxi squad emergency catcher guy. Yeah, I think so. Then I got a lot of people complaining that, you know, the the DH tonight is Miles Mastroboni and you're like, well, who else is gonna do it? Are you gonna let wisdom do it? I, I guess you might as well because you know, if he runs into a baseball, it's going a long way. I would put Amaya there personally, but Yeah, Amaya or Morel even, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a tenderness thing since I was too lazy to write a preview. I have no idea if it's a lefty starting tonight. <laughs> I think it's a righty. It's Luis Ortiz. He is righty. Yes. So that's Pittsburgh. Kind of a bum that Kutch isn't playing series opener, but he'll probably be around the next couple of games. He's been doing really well. I say a lot about the Pirates. I hope they like crash and burn and their owner like falls into ruin and destitution, but. I like Kutch. Yeah, I love, I, I love I, Kutch. I he's great. Well. Yeah. My, my, my only complaint about Kutch is that I always spelled his name wrong. So it was very, <laughs> I guess it's very easy just to call him Kutch because I'd always try to spell McCutcheon with a with an O in it. Yeah. Like McCutcheon. And I would always be confused back when we still used the uh, baseball reference linker, why it wasn't grabbing his like his name from the link. Is that, I was thinking like even before they signed Trey Mancini that they probably should have just like tried to sign Kutch, but I think he's just happy being back in Pittsburgh to potentially end his career. So, you know, good for him. I uh, got his 2000 hit the other other day. That was a really nice uh, milestone, and he st- still looks like he can be fast and he, he can be having fun and he's still getting his hit. So big, big ups to him. I just hope that some of the Cubs start doing something because uh, this team was fun for a little bit and then they just stopped being fun again and it's it's a major bummer because i think the talent is still there it's underlying and it needs to stop being underlying and just start being over like play as well as we think you can even if what we think is probably erroneous but i think they're better than this and they should be start starting pitching has been great bullpen has sucked even relative to how much i always expect bullpens to suck Batting's fine, you know, in the top line numbers. It's just their clutch hitting is just so incredibly frustrating. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell tell a guy, like, no matter what level they're at, that, you know, just pretend the bases are empty and just hit the ball as hard as you can. And, and it's hard to aim at where they ain't either. So there's only so much you can control. You might as well just try to smack the crap out of it. But 
One thing that would be really, really nice if uh, Jamison Tyone, who's starting tonight, would build off that last start. Where, where yeah, he did say, really he, well. he's, he's, he's been the exception of pitchers, uh, starting pitchers, pitching well. But yeah. At least earlier in the year, his, his peripherals were still pretty good. He's just getting crushed home yeah. run-wise. Yeah, it's just an execution issue, right? Because the pitches look good. They're just in the wrong part of the plate. <laughs> so I guess in that case, it's a pitch that looks good, but good to the hitter. And that's not what you want. Because you, you can definitely see like the movement of, of those pitches. They're they're doing what you would like them to do, but they're just not quality enough. They're not missing enough bats. And I think that's a problem across the board. Like with Stroman, like, you know, 60 plus percent of his balls in play are ground balls. So at least he he can manage that. But for the other guys, it's going to be be a major issue. And swing- plenty of ground balls from uh, from Hendricks, at least. But. But yeah, for for Tyon, certainly, certainly he's he's barely getting any, even even relative to his past past numbers. This is his lowest uh, ground ball rate of his career so far. I think at this point, uh, it's still early enough in the season that you say, hey, Cubs, just take care of your own business. Everything will fall where it may. And maybe it's good that like the schedule is balanced because with like full year interleague and more interleague, the AL is it, it all looks like they're they're just beating up on the NL a little bit and beating up on the very, very bad teams in the AL as well. So that's why their league is a lot more top-heavy than the NL. But, yeah, just take advantage of the fact that you're in a crappy league and a crappy division and just try to put together a few wins. That's all you can do right now. Play better. That's what I've been saying every week. <laughs> For the past, like, several months now, it's ridiculous. You would hope, yeah, that they would play better for sure, but we we will see. Thanks again for hanging out with me. I hope like next time we can drag Adam along, and maybe we'll we'll figure out something else to to talk about that is more positive. If the Cubs go on a six-game uh, homestand winning streak, that would be great. Very unlikely, but would be great because uh, they haven't been able to finish off a lot of their sweeps. Very annoying. Alright, I got nothing else. Play better, Cubs. <laughs> yeah, so thanks again for listening, everybody. You can find us at obstructiveview.net. This podcast is at worldseriesdreaming.podbean.com. And you can also find us on anywhere that you see podcasts. There you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Actually, I, I guess we should register this guy on spotify that might help a little bit but as long as you have the rss feed you can download stuff anywhere i want to thank rich deanna for a theme song randall sanders for pulling the final out call from the 2016 world series you can rate us on apple Podcasts and share us with your friends email is still world series dreaming at gmail.com we'll get to see coast baseball for another 90 plus games or so and if they play better possibly well into october but uh, won't hold our breath because we'll probably die. Go Cubs! It was more than just a game.